Hello, everybody. I'm John Murphy. Welcome to another edition of On the Home Front. As you can see, we have a full house today. Our program will be in two segments. For the second half, we're going to look at live music in Eastern Connecticut. And, you know, in recent months, we've been covering the whole region from different locations, all within a short drive of Willie, uh, the stomping ground in Putnam, uh, the packing house in Willington. We're adding the Strange Brew Pub in Norwich soon. We're talking to the owner of that. But we're trying to get a little map together to help give artists a way to let their news get out before events and to help fans connect to events as well. So in the second half of the show, we're going to look at the new at the uh, new London scene with the Hygienic Art Gallery and some other venues down there that are really very historically important to Connecticut music. They're alive and growing. And we're going to have Bill Dumas here for the second half of the show. Uh, but for the first half, I'm very happy to turn the spotlight again on the arts at Eastern and their great theater program. There's a new presentation coming up at the end of February. And we have the director here and a faculty member has been on the show many times. Kristen Morgan is here in the house today. And we also have two students who are part of the crew uh, working to manage and control the staging and all the setup. We have Julian Martin here in the house, as well as Zola Daly. So anyway, thank you all for being here today. I appreciate you coming in early. We'll have a chance to share our video of our show to help other people learn about the show ahead of time. So maybe, Kristen, you could give us an idea of this particular theme, the approach, and then as we get into the staging, we'll bring you in about how you're going to tell the story. Okay, sounds yeah, good. Great. Thanks again for having sure. us on the show. It's always, always a treat. <laughs> great. So this play is called The Nether. It's a fairly new play. It was written in 2013, and it was actually developed at the Eugene O'Neill Center uh -huh. here in Connecticut. Right. So um, it's won many awards. It's been on Broadway. It's played in the West End of London. And I read it several years ago and just found it fascinating. And I've been teaching it in my classes, and um, students seemed uh, interested in producing it as a play. So we decided to do it this year. Um, it's called The Nether. Uh, it takes place in a near future. And it really, I like to describe it as an episode of Black Mirror for the stage, mm -hmm. the Netflix science fiction show Black Mirror for the stage. And it looks at what happens when we spend most of our time in a digital metaverse and how we lose uh, human connection to each other that way. So it's speculative fiction. It's, um, it's a little bit disturbing. <laughs> it's definitely for adults and mature um, teenagers, but I think it will help bring about a lot of discussions about, you know, what's going on? What are we doing? Um, how are we connecting to each other and what is our responsibility to each other as humans? Yeah, well, you know, this couldn't be more timely because that mm -hmm. question is one that is a global issue right now. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the technology for? Mm -hmm. And you can use certain things and there are negative consequences. So how do you take care of those without ruining it for those that have no problem using it? Right. And that's a creative nightmare and censorship, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so is there a particular aspect of the story that drew you to deciding to produce it? Is it more an unusual narrative with turns? Is it more staging and psychological things going on? And that's a challenge. Because mm -hmm. one thing you may not know if you haven't been there is they have this wonderful building. It's still a few years old. It's mm -hmm. fairly new. And they have incredible digital technology that is a, a very expanded toolbox. Yes. And that's part of their fun. I can see you're happy to talk about that. <laughs> so how are you using this digital toolbox uh, mm -hmm. to tell this story? Yeah, well, it's definitely it's going to show off a lot of our technology. And that's what's 
that's what draws me to it as well. Yeah. I'm a scenic designer and a projections designer, and I direct sometimes. Right. Um, but we're using projections to tell the story. We're using a tool called MetaHuman, which is a re- relatively new hmm. online digital tool <clears throat> where you can create you can create avatars that look very human. Um, so we have some students working on MetaHuman, creating some digital avatars for some of our characters in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, we have pro- several different projection screens. Travis Holdcroft, um, our media technology specialist. The sound wizard. The sound wizard. He's writing an original score for the piece, which okay. will, um, he, it's all synthesizers that he's writing it on, and it will change based on um, things that are happening in the play. So it will mm. it will react to things that the actors do. So like proximity monitoring and things. Yes. How mm-hmm. things are moving in space. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Wow. So it's going to be really it's yeah. going to be very interesting. And our lighting designer um, Tim Tim Golombieski, um, who's our uh, um, master electrician at Eastern, mm-hmm. has designed a beautiful um, lighting plot that incorporates all of these really interesting colors and textures to make us feel like we're in a, a digital space. Right. It's been fun. Well, the metaverse is here, coming soon to a shopping mall near you. (laughs) And the price point is coming down. Because unless we all have one, it won't work, people. Uh, Now, for the crew, Jillian is here. She is, you know, part of her interest is lighting and stage design. So as as a student of the craft, are you hoping to use this on your path later in particular? Or is lighting just part of the menu of other skills that you want to work on while you're here? I'm not entirely sure yet. I definitely yeah. would like to do lighting work in the future. I haven't quite figured out exactly what I want to do mm-hmm. with my path at theater because I haven't had much experience doing background, um, doing backstage work in theater. But yeah. I started doing it last semester as a way to get extra credit in one of my classes that was taught by the head electrician, um, Tim Golbieski. Well, that's how and... it works. It's great. <laughs> yes. Well, the class right. becomes a lot more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really fell in love with what we were doing, and I thought it was really cool and really interesting. And I, don't, I just it felt really cool to be like, yeah, I know my way around the theater. Like, I can go up on the catwalks. I've been up on the tension mm-hmm. grid. I know mm-hmm. how to hang a light. I know how to use lights because the lights that we use in theater, they're universal. Like, you use them in concerts. You use them, like, yeah. all across the world. So yep. I I know somebody who like worked at Mohegan Sun and worked for some of the concerts there and like was able to like see some of those celebrities that like I like and, and the music that I like. So I think that that's just a really cool skill. So I don't know if I'll end up using it in the future. I'm sure I probably will at one point. Who knows if yeah. that will be like the focus that I decide to do, but I don't really know. It's a fun, useful skill. It's really entertaining. It is. Yeah. And, you know, like when you do that kind of stuff, the security people won't throw you out. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right? true. You can <laughs> stay true. and use it and practice yep. it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Now, Zola is also an actor, and I wondered, uh, you have been, you know, inhabiting roles, but this is your first time as uh, an assistant stage manager mm-hmm. watching things. So how is it different for you, and why did you decide now to take the leap and to change your role, so to speak? Honestly, I yeah. just, we were just having a meeting, I think it was like the freshman, like, orientation, mm-hmm. like, meeting, like, overall, just, yeah. they were, like, coming together and saying, hey, like, just overall, like, we do need, like, people and crew, like, different experiences, things like that. I am an acting and dance concentration at Eastern, and that was, like, my main goal. And I was like, you know what? Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to step out my comfort zone to learn something new. So I just went up to Chris and I said, hey, like, is there any way or any, like, opportunities for me where I could be stage manager? And I've never stage managed before. And so she's like, you can be assistant stage manager. There you go. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's great, too, because I'm learning different things. It just, overall, I just wanted to see 
what else is going on. Because when you're an actor, I'm not going to say that all of us, like, stay in our own heads, but you can, like, see that with some actors. Like, they don't really think about, like, others. And, like, when it comes, like, to crew and, like, lights, but everything is, like, everyone coming together. It's not, like, everyone sees the actors. Everyone sees the actors, but they don't see what's going on behind the right. scenes. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to take note, and it really humbles yourself as an actor mm-hmm. to just be able to do these other things, like, to see what's happening with lighting, to see, hey, like, what taking notes, like, and, like, seeing what the director's actually doing and not just mm-hmm. listening to the director, but, like, yeah. seeing the director's vision as well. So that's, like, one of the main reasons why I wanted to. I wanted to just see a different experience on the different side of it. Do you think most actors are sensitive? You're very sensitive to it because you're, you're <laughs> fine, right? But, but, you know, actors have their own stresses and issues about getting yeah. ready, and here I go into this thing. Mm-hmm. And they may unintentionally not connect well, but I wondered how it plays out in reality on you know in different shows. I think that actors are very sensitive. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> actors are very sensitive. But I would also say that set is like I can say it with anyone, like set and lighting, very sensitive because they all have a job. And I think what the block is is that they're all doing their job, but it's just more so you need to see the jobs coming together because that that's what creates the whole production of it all. And so I think it's important for actors just to see like what else is going on in set what else is going on in lights yeah. and it just really it humbles you because with lights and sound and props they, they know they're working together and they mm-hmm. know that they all have each other's back but i think it's important for actors because they're just kind of just on stage and they're just expecting these things like oh my prop's gonna mm-hmm. be here <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah. it's just definitely like humbling it just like helps overall and i think that's really what creates a team when you put yourself in their shoes you're literally putting yourself mm-hmm. in their shoes i think it's yeah. i think every actor should definitely work some type of like backstage and like if not you learn something as well yeah. if anything and, you know, one of the things I love about theater that's most unique compared to the film medium that I probably love the most is you you recreate everything every time. Mm-hmm. In a movie, <laughs> you work it out, you're done, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a living thing every yeah. day, right? Mm-hmm. So the crew, every day, different rhythms. Yep. That's mm-hmm. part of your fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, still have that wonderful voice uh, class actors is that still available we do yeah that was pretty legendary because yeah. it was about your voice mm-hmm. as an instrument way beyond acting right yes. mm-hmm. can you talk about that and how this is part of what people learn yeah so actually jj cobb who teaches that class mm-hmm. um the it's called stage voice voice yes stage voice um she is on sabbatical leave this semester Uh so we don't have a voice teacher so we actually um hired somebody his name is nick rosler and he's a professional actor Mm -hmm. um he had just worked with anya sokolovskaya our costume designer on another project and we brought him in to do vocal work with the students that's normally something i would have asked jj for help with um, if she were here so it's just so important. It's so important um, for the audience to be able to understand what's being said, um, to be able to follow the story, to be able to represent your character with voice. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just really vital. And now with JJ's been, um, she's been uh, sort of redoing the class to incorporate voiceover work and film and television and mm-hmm. even more types of, of voice acting because yeah. it's really just expanding now. It's another career path. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And the technology is accessible. It's affordable now. It's not as expensive as right. it used to be. <laughs> so you can access the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there other practical aspects now? Because the program has really grown and there's different offerings. Mm-hmm. So we talked about voice and how important that is. Are there other parts of the toolbox that people can get a chance to experiment with. Mm-hmm. 
Well, on this show, we kind of have everything. We've got yeah. a lot of interesting yeah. props, some of which you guys are building yep. from building from scratch. Mm -hmm. They're using a 3D printer to create a lot of our props for the show. Mm -hmm. um, nice. We've got projections on this. We've got lighting. We've got the composition and also sound. Travis is setting up an ambisonic sound system in the studio theater. No, no. Do you remember the Wolves, the soccer play that we yes. did several years ago? Indeed. That was ambisonic sound. So it's a special surround sound where you feel like you're in the actual space. It's more immersive. Yeah. Yes, it's immersive. Yeah. So we're it, doing. It also gives you a little top and bottom. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Top mm -hmm. and bottom. Usually yep. it's this way. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's immersive sound. Um, awesome. Even the costume design is going to be incorporating maybe some LED technology and other mm -hmm. things. So this is we've got like everything in this really. Yeah. Except for film. We don't have any live film in here. We still have time to edit in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Work that for the next show. Yeah. Which I'll ask about in just a moment. Sure. Uh, but I just want to mention, in case you're listening to us on the radio, we're having a conversation today about theater and the arts at Eastern with the faculty member, uh, Kristen Morgan as well as two students who are part of the crew. Uh, we have Jillian Martin on board and Zola Daly. They're part of the production of The Nether, which is opening February 28th uh, through March 5th. Uh, while we have you here, we have a few more minutes. Let's shift gears a little bit. Can you give us a preview about the musical? Mm. <laughs> There's another performance coming up, I believe, in March or April. Yes, right? it opens in April, yes. yes. So give us a little uh, sneak preview mm -hmm. if you could. Yeah. Uh, so the musical that we're doing is the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and it is about like all these kids doing the spelling bee, and they're dealing with like the spelling bee, and then they're also dealing with their own personal like internal like struggles, and you're, they're singing about it, and they're going through it, and it's just like the responsibilities that you don't really think about for kids, mm -hmm. and it's a bit of a comedy, and the comical part about it is that no one here is um, like five or like 11 years old <laughs> <laughs> playing in like these roles so that's part of the comic about it and it's just like all comes together and it's just a lovely show i'm actually acting in it i got into yeah. it and, ah back yeah. in the saddle yeah you? <laughs> so you're playing uh, one of the kids is this yes. what it is you're inhabiting the child within <laughs> yes i'm playing Slavsky. Oh. Uh, is that the name? Schwartz. 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 Oh, I thought you said Stanislavski. No, no, Stanislavski. Well, that's a heavy weight. Yeah. We're, no, no, we're moving up here. Yeah. Stanislavski, my God. Jillian, are you acting in it too? I am, yes. I was. I did get cast in it, yes, as and well. And what are you doing? I am playing the character Olive of Strowski, who is in that show, which is one of like the main spellers as well, who's also mm -hmm. one of the little kids. And then I also, when I have time, I will also be doing more lighting work, probably, with the director, because the director of the musical is the master electrician who's been doing lighting design mm -hmm. wow. so yeah yeah it's gonna be fun so that'd be another great one and uh yeah. uh that's just another example of the variety of different kinds mm -hmm. of skills mm -hmm. uh so you can go to the website for eastern connecticut state university easternct.edu and through the university website you can find out i guess the showware is the company that does mm -hmm. the ticketing mm -hmm. so you can get those tickets ahead of time yes uh are there any uh, plans in terms of end of the year? Is it going to be two shows this semester? Two more shows mm -hmm. this semester, yes. Two, two more shows. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are there any changes that you're planning uh, for the year ahead or anything in terms of uh, uh, projects that you're developing? I know one thing I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you briefly that Kristen's been doing for a long time is a historic thing about Connecticut history. Mm -hmm. And Central Connecticut is a historic base for tobacco farming. 
and you're doing a big documentary about yes, that with Brian. With Brian Day. Mm -hmm. And right. you were going to come back and give an update on that. We will do that. Are you hoping <laughs> to finish that by spring or summer? What's your current vision about this? Uh, there's a lot of footage they shot, lots of interviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've taken a little break from filming to do some editing um, oh, sure. this year. Yeah. And just for the winter. And we're going to start filming again probably um, end of February, beginning of March. And um, we're doing some screenings. I know we're doing one at the Letty Taylor Tobacco Museum. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to have a reunion of folks who work tobacco, and we're going to do a screening of one of the episodes there and have folks watch it and reminisce about their time. Um, and then we're hoping to wrap up everything by the end of next year and start trying to put it out for distribution. Nice. So we've had interest from Connecticut Public Television, and you know, we'll see where oh, it goes Oh, it's a natural there. for them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because uh, you'd be surprised who worked those tobacco fields. Everybody That's you talk surprise. to, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> guys like yeah. Olatunji, mm -hmm. right? Babatunde, yep. a yep. Nigerian master. Yeah. Uh, as a young dude going to college, mm -hmm. and he's working in Windsor, I guess it was, yep. or up there, Bloomfield maybe. Mm -hmm. So those stories are great. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. So try to do a lot of different stuff, get the students exposed to a lot of different stuff, so that when they get out of here, they can. Yep. go to a graduate school or they are ready uh -huh. to like get right on the set of a film or a mm -hmm. play and just get to work yeah so so for you two maybe just to close out uh i forgot to ask you how far along you are in your programs are you juniors this year in <laughs> terms of your travels what's it been like for you so far compared to when you first came and you took those first steps we are both first years. Oh, wow. yeah. You don't sound like years. it. <laughs> Although I'm generalizing. I have to be careful. I teach there, too. I can I get know, home right? for this. Yeah, I got to be careful. Um, uh, we, we can talk about just our experience. I would say yeah. that Easterns are very welcoming. Like, just overall, like, everyone was very welcoming. I felt very comfortable stepping onto Eastern. I made friends very easily. Mm -hmm. And just me, me and Jillian were both in the same improv we class were, last yeah. semester. Mm -hmm. It was really and, fun. And, like, we're, like, we still talk. Like, we still, like, whenever we see each other, like, it's very, like, exciting. Mm -hmm. Like, we're doing this together. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just all welcoming. And I felt, like, at home. I didn't feel like, even during break, I was like, I'm excited to go back to school, oh. which is something you never <laughs> yeah. think about. Because, like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh breaks almost over <laughs> so yeah. yeah what a concept huh <laughs> it reframes everything yeah yeah, yeah. I guess one of the reasons why I chose Eastern was because, like, as a theater major, they had such, like, a welcoming and inviting theater program, because I came from a high school that didn't have a theater program. Right. So when I went to Eastern, it's like, yeah, join our theater program, get involved, you have so many mm -hmm. opportunities. I'm like, yep. I want to potentially audition for stuff and do backstage stuff, and Kristen's like, absolutely, you can do that, <laughs> and, like, that just made me really excited and really happy, like... Within the first month here, I was cast in our very first show last mm -hmm. semester, and then I was, like, immediately getting involved in the second show and, like, immediately doing mm -hmm. that. And then I originally auditioned for The Nether and didn't get in. And then, mm -hmm. like, the next day after the cast list came out, Kristen emailed <laughs> me being like, do you want to do prop stuff? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. So Learned I just all. love how I'm just able to get so involved and have that amazing, like, theater community. And mm -hmm. everybody just yeah. is always saying hi to each other. We're always hanging out. We're always just seeing each other. Yeah. And it's a really great, like, close-knit community. It's a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. That's one thing I like to see because I teach media at Eastern and we have mm -hmm. the same variation about the audio studios that we have right. is some people kind of hold back and they wait till a little bit farther down in the program and, and you've given yourself the gift of time because right. now right. you've got three years ahead yes. to experiment rather mm -hmm. than having some and that's okay too people maybe have to figure out for a whole year how to get to where you are mm -hmm. who knows sure. everybody mm -hmm. has their own trip mm -hmm. but the idea is the technology is there the tools are there. 
and it's fairly recent that these upgrades have happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. So seeing this cycle accelerate is a, is a nice thing. Yes. So I wish you a great thing. I'll say break a leg, but that's tasteless. <laughs> I'll do it anyway. I have yeah. to. It's, it's part of the job. Thanks, uh, but I thank you, Kristen, for the good yeah, work. Yeah, thank you so much. So we'll have some folks back for the next show. Uh, about the Oh, quick question about the musical. When you play an 11-year-old, are you playing it trying to be like a true to, to the person, straight 11-year-old, or is it like a little absurdist humor that's built mm -hmm. in that... You know, it, it goes beyond the conceit mm -hmm. that we give it, but that you play it that way. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of the humor in it. Yeah. That's what, I was talking to the director, and he was saying, like, that's kind of like the fun in it, that mm -hmm. we are, like, 18 years old and playing 11-year-olds. Right. But, right. you know, bringing, like, real problems that, like, real 11-year-olds and real right. kids have, yeah. like, too mm -hmm. light, even though you can have these problems, even if you're really little, like, family struggles or... Right. Being sure 11 is stressful. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. That's like fifth grade. That's yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. It's moving to middle school. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a Hopefully lot. Uh, <laughs> teachers never forget what it's like to be 11. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's, that's yeah. a lifelong trip. Uh, but again, thank you for being here. I wish you a great semester ahead, and we'll have you back in the spring. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank All righty. You. you bet. Okay, well, this is on the home front here on WILI. What we're doing now is taking a short break for some, for some messages. Then we'll come back and continue our conversation about live music across Eastern Connecticut. Stay with us. Okay, we're back live here. By the way, on the home front, we've changed our format this year. You may have noticed that we're on video now on YouTube. WILI has a block of information shows Monday to Friday at 5 o'clock. And they're all connected to the YouTube so when you watch the show here, you can get it through YouTube. If we, if we have guests coming on, the thing that we're trying to work out is if you're doing an annual fundraiser or a special event, if you come on a few weeks early, you can come on and then just get the link to the YouTube video and use it for your own promotions. So it's a way for us to get our stories, to get you to let people know what's up, but then you can reuse it. That's the idea. And the audio from these programs is also rebroadcast on the Eastern Radio Station, WECS, on Wednesday afternoons. So in this way, this conversation can go on another radio station. And we're trying to use our media very carefully. And one thing I'm enjoying since uh, last year is looking at live music, which is coming back after COVID. People are ready to come out and hear music. Musicians are ready to play, and venues are looking to have things happen. And I have a friend for many years who's involved with music in so many ways, as well as film and video. His name is Bill Dumas. Bill, welcome back to the Thank studio. Thank you. Man. Good to see you. Yes, indeed. Great to be here. He's been a connector. He was also for you know, many years working out in L.A. He's been involved with the record industry, vinyl siding records. He's playing now in several bands, the Whales and others. And there's, a, there's an event coming up that Bill's here to talk about. Uh, but it's also part of our network that connects venues. And Bill is in the southeast area. We're going to add them to the mix. We're looking at the Strange Brew Pub in Norwich, which we hope to involve. We already have the stomping ground in Putnam. And we have the packing house uh, in Wellington. So we're trying to get people to be aware to help promote each other and help musicians find gigs. So, Bill, let me ask you now. Let's start out with what's happening with some of the people that couldn't make it in today. You have a special event. So let's start with that, right. and we'll broaden the story. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we're getting to the midpoint of the annual hygienic art show, um, which is called Salon des Independents, based on the 
the Impressionists' uh, art shows back in back in Paris when when artists couldn't find a place to exhibit their work. Uh, uh, this so is back in 1919, turn of the century, 1920s. Yes, that's yeah. right. And so. A similar event started in uh, New London 44 years ago, and that was at the Hygienic Restaurant. And over the course of the uh, course of years, the, this group of artists uh, uh, eventually incorporated and bought that building, and now it's it's um, it's like the artistic center, the artist center of, of New London, and has uh, four galleries. It has six six uh, loft spaces for subsidized. Uh, Subsidized loft space for living uh, uh, artists can do that can live in and do their artwork. That's nice, like yeah, a studio. That's that you live in your studio. Mm -hmm. And right. then next door is the, the art park, which to me is one of the yeah. most fabulous outdoor venues in, uh, in in New England, I think. And so this is part of the two week two week uh, annual event, and uh, we're adding a new event this this Saturday. It's called. Uh, music salon, hygienic music salon, and we're collaborating for the first time with RD86 Studio, which is a pretty amazing uh, facility. It's on the, for the second floor of the former LNG building, uh -huh. and they have a state-of-the-art uh, uh, TV uh, equipment up there. They sort of can stream. They can stream is live. Where with, Robert works. Up with, there? Right. Where uh, yes, Robert Ramsey uh, right. is running running the. Uh, the 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 video sound. He's also a great chef, and um, so they're they're going to, going to host this event where we have three bands three bands playing uh, yeah. on Saturday. Uh, and this year we're going to focus on Americana music. Kind of fits fits that uh, that venue. They also have jazz. Great jazz venue. They started having on on thursdays uh jazz with no no admission oh that's yeah. wonderful yeah and the bands come from all over and they they come so they, they get this fabulous video of their performance it streams live but they also get a copy of that video uh which they oh, great. do for, for their own promotion well that's one of the things when you're in a bigger town a big city there's enough people that you only need a few to make it work because you don't mm -hmm. need everybody right that's right and by making it accessible i know the old uh the side door. We've had Chris Beaudry here. Great, great I should have mentioned that too. He's at Old Lime, and he was on our program a few times with uh, with Terry Paquette from the Stomping Ground, and they're doing great jazz. Guys are coming up from New York on the way mm. to Boston, like mm. they did for Shabu. Right. Right. Yeah, that's Same Sh thing. Shabu, uh, Willimantic, and and New London are, are just at those midpoints between New York City and Boston. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity to, to get these bigger acts, especially midweek when they're doing their weekend weekend shows in New York or Boston. Um, it's just a great opportunity to, to, to get these players uh, here locally. Now, for people to stay connected to you and this festival going on, is there a website or a Facebook page you could drop that people could get more information yeah, to follow up? it's all on the hygienic.org website. And okay. We have a hard time. A lot of people have a hard time spelling H-Y-G-I-E-N-I-C. Okay. So that's a great site just throughout the whole year. So Bill brought along some music to give you a taste of some of the bands that are playing on the festival. Again, that's this Saturday, right? This Saturday we have the Julios, which are a big local favorite, and Brian Gorn, a tender fritters. And right. my band, Blonde Furniture. Of course. We have some of the music, too. Uh, and what time do you begin the festivities? Uh, the doors will be at 7 o'clock at RD86 Studio. And the uh, first band will start about 7.30, and they'll be doing like 45-minute sets. Okay, great. 
isn't it nice to have an evening when you have a few bands? It's not just a whole night. You know, it's fine to have a band drill down. That's fine, too. But to have a little variety, that's that's a different energy. It really is. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this space for music is is just fabulous. I, yeah. I felt like I was walking into a into a uh, you know a, a club restaurant in in East Village or in yeah. in, uh, in in Hollywood or it's uh, wow I can't imagine this place. Am I in New London? So that was yeah, really so nice to see, to see what they did. And Sullivan and, with food. Yes, and they will have small plates. They're gonna they're gonna oh, have nice. a special menu just for that night. And oh, that's very nice. Yeah, that's yeah. smart because yeah. they need the revenue. See, and, you know the venues have to work. People need to show up so that the process can fully recover because they're still getting better. But let's play some music now, then we'll come back and chat some more with Bill Dumas. Which one did you queue up with Matthew? What's the one you want to... I'm okay, not set sure it up. which one we... Which one, one we... Julio songs. Uh, one of Right. Uh, I don't know the name. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, this is music... <laughs> we'll and this find is, out shortly. Uh, so I guess Jim Carpenter is the lead? Jim Carpenter is, is the leader of that band. He's a tr tremendous songwriter. Okay. Well, Jim, here we go. This is for you. The Julios.
Okay, hope you enjoyed that music. That was the Julios. I have to say too, John. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I forgot about uh, you know hearing hearing that song. I had asked uh, Jim Carpenter for music for my feature film that I, we talked about before. I shot twenty years ago, and it's been on the back burner uh, ever yeah. since. And in post production, now a company in LA is is doing, finishing all the post production on. It. They want to distribute it. And, oh, wonderful! Uh, we'll have to have you back for that this year, maybe. Uh, Twenty three. I hope so. I, I certainly yeah. hope so. Yeah. But when you're editing music, you're using temp. You, you, you use temp music, and then you got to replace it at some time, mm-hmm. at some point, because you, you can't afford the, the, the you know the licensing for right. for Bonnie Raitt. It was which was a song I was replacing in the opening credits. I was using a Bonnie Raitt song. And, uh, so you have some placeholder music to hold it. Yeah, for exactly. It. Yeah, it gives yeah. you it gives you a sense of you know what, how, how the music fits the mood of the music that you want, what kind of mood you're creating. So there's a lot of creative stuff that you're using the music for. Yeah. And um, so I so I, I can't probably can't use Bonnie Raitt song. So I was listening to the Julios and I, and I came across that song and said, oh my god, that perfectly fits to replace the Bonnie Raitt oh. song. So. So now we're actually going to going to be using uh, several of their several of their tunes in the in the movie. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll have you back when that comes out. Yeah, hope hope that happens. Uh, you know, a very nice project Bill did several years ago that we did on the radio several times is about the MIAs, uh, and uh, it got quite a bit of attention. It was an issue where people had forgotten; they've been preoccupied. You know how life carries on, and things just kind of sit. Well, you did a lot of work. I know you had, uh, was it uh, Senator Blumenthal or was it uh, Joe Courtney? Folks acknowledged your work and you were helping people to remember. Right. Yeah, it's, it's easy to forget, especially, especially in, in, in this case, being a, I, my, my, my documentary uh, focused on the Korean War, and that's right. many, many years ago. That ended in, uh, it's actually a stalemate in 1953, so right. that's quite, quite a long time ago, but... Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's still an issue. There's a lot of families still, still dealing with that on a, on a oh, yeah. very day-to-day basis. That's unresolved, yeah. yeah. But that's an aspect that, you know, Bill's working in different media as a storyteller. And uh, I want to mention, too, this is something from willimanicdowntown.org. This is available, and it's an idea of what we're talking about. It's a map inside of downtown Willimanic. You don't have to worry about the camera. But it's a map of downtown and it has dots for every kind of organization or business, so somebody traveling through can find their way, but it's a way for a business or an art organization to make sure that their gallery is on the map. So if you can imagine this for live music, that's what we're trying to do between Tallinn, Wyndham, and New London counties, is a musical map like they have for Artist Open Studios. Mm -hmm. So this way, people that like live music can easily find where it is. Here's the website. Here's the schedule. Because you know as a musician how many times the challenge is making sure people know. That, yes, always, always the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we talk about this all the time. Oh, I didn't know you were playing last night. You know, it's, it's, it's getting, getting that information out. Yeah. It, it's nice to see in New London we have a, a website. Uh, Megan Kilomade has a, has a site called Whaling City. Dot com and it's w a w a l i n g whaling city not not the mm-hmm. not the uh, the mammal the whales right. but whale whaling city uh, dot com and it's it's such a go it's a great go to site that you could that that has a very very complete calendar of all the music that's going on and then has has some has has articles and interviews yep. and things like that so yep. it was it was the 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 site went dark. 
and came back again. So we really yeah. missed it when it dis- disappeared. Disappeared yeah. uh, d- d- during COVID. Sure. Uh, and so as, as a lot of things disappeared, and, and it's back. And I, I still find that people have gotten so accustomed to just staying at home, it's hard getting people... I mean, there's a lot, a lot of people coming out again, but there's a lot of people that are not coming out, and I'm hoping we can light a fire under the, all the people and get them, get them back to hearing live music. Yeah, you know, every guest is feeling optimistic, but they're concerned because people are also in recovery. We went through a real mess, and there's no way to minimize that. But part of the recovery is opening the window and letting fresh air come in. No pun intended. Mm. But. But the idea for you now that leads us to our next song is that Bill is very active as a musician. He's in a band called The Whales. The Blonde Furniture is playing at this festival this Saturday night. This record came out about a year and a half ago now, right? Yeah, I lose lose track of time, but yeah. Yeah. It's called Music for Early Century Modern, and it's got a really nice mix of tunes. And there's one in particular that is one of my favorites from Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire, and Bill gave a really nice spin to that. But I wanted to talk to you before we hear some music. As a player today and, a, and as a producer, what's the environment like for musicians who want to create music, not so much on the venue side, mm-hmm. but now the creation side? How's that working? Yeah, um, I, I, it's nice that everybody has a recording studio in their laptop now, or even on the phone. I know people have, have recording apps on their phone, and they're recording some really, really good things. So the, the good side about that is almost anybody can can record and make a really, really good recording. And um, the downside of that, it's not really a downside, but it, in, a, in a way it is be, because it there's there is such a plethora of music now that, that it's very hard to get your music music no, noticed. Yeah. So it's there's a lot more music out there. It's a wave. And it's so so difficult to get to get yeah. noticed. Uh, we we put stuff on, on Spotify, and um, you can. Put the put your music up there. You can tell everybody uh, on your social media to go listen to the music. There's so much music. There's so little time. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not getting on playlists that are getting that has a that has a lot of lot of viewership or listenership, um, yeah. it's it's difficult uh, to get those get those play numbers up. Have you had any luck, or have you found you know one that's been around for a while is Bandcamp? That mm-hmm. some bands are using in lieu of record label support. Yeah, that yeah, they used to get right. Yeah, yeah, that Bandcamp works works pretty well. If because yeah. uh, you can you can sell downloads of of your of mm-hmm. your songs uh, yeah. and your album. So yeah. that that it's it's a it's a great source. I, the 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 platforms for 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 promoting music, delivering music are there. It's just driving people to to those uh, to your pages on those platforms. That's that's yeah. the that's the difficult part. Yeah. So when a band is trying to write new material, how are they dealing with the reality that you just said that they have to work a lot more than they used to? Because unless you have an agent or a promoter, mm-hmm. uh, it's like treading water in a way. It could be wonderful music, but I guess a lot of the times with retail disappearing in music right. stores, except for things like uh, Joe Malinowski's Willamette Records, you've got Telegraph, right? Telegraph in New London, right? Mystic Disc and Mystic. I mean, there are institutions now because there's maybe a dozen in the whole state, right? When you look Not, at Connecticut, right. there's, there's about there's, a dozen yeah. of good stores like that. Right. Uh, so, you know, I just wonder how a band, in terms of the media, and then are they selling their CDs at gigs? Do they get any action where fans can say, "Well, give me one track, but then I'll buy it"? How, you know, how's that yeah, work? Yeah, I think, I, I think the the, the 
the best way to develop revenue for a band is selling selling CDs at a at a at a, at a show. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can also give download cards. Uh, a lot of people give the download cards away. Right. But um, um, but the, for for revenue, selling CDs is still even though they may not use a CD. It's almost it's almost funny. It's kind of, it's, it's like I look at a CD as like a uh, a drink coaster, you know, ah, yeah, you, you, you yeah. got something physical to look at, and then you yeah. throw it on a shelf somewhere. But you, you, you're gonna, you're gonna probably gonna be listening to it online or streaming or whatever. Yeah. But, but you, you still, it, it's still handy to have the physical thing that you can actually hear something. You can sell this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, your 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 revenue is coming from you know pennies on a stream on, on Spotify or SoundCloud. So you need huge or, numbers, or you need a long time. Huge numbers, yeah. And there are some people that will spend the extra money and they'll put booklets and they'll make it more informative because mm-hmm. the music fan that might buy a ticket at a show might pay for that a little extra to have some documents. Yeah, and it's, it's also vinyl coming back has, 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 has really been a renaissance on the, on the revenue side because yeah. people, that's become, become a thing now to collect collecting vinyl. Yep. And a nice thing about, about vinyl, you have nice, you have that nice uh, have that big big canvas of a, of a vinyl sleeve to put art, really nice artwork. I know that's a big oh. complaint about when, when CDs started replacing vinyl. You know, oh, the back, gatefold back in the 80s. sleeves, the gatefold covers, yeah. big art. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, they, people complain, oh the artists, you know, the artists were losing out on all that oh, all that real estate to have nice artwork. You know, had it all compressed onto a to a little little CD CD package. Tiny print, tiny, yeah. Tiny print, right? And it's funny now because so so many um, so many uh, of the of the vinyl uh, factories have gone out of business, so they're trying to trying to bring them back. It's a waiting list now. Big waiting I understand list to have there's a big made. delay in getting yeah. vinyl made now. Yeah, in fact, Brian few. Gore from 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 the the Brian Gore the Tender Fritters was telling me he was buy you could actually buy your own record pressing machine now, <laughs> for for some number of thousands of dollars you can you can make your own you can get your own record pressing wow. machine. So wow. I'm curious to find out about that. Get your own virgin vinyl, eh? Yes. Yeah, but what we're gonna do? We have time for part of a song. I want to hear this. Uh, because I love the song Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash, Rest in Peace. Uh, b- but Bill has a nice rendition that's a very different than what you may be expecting. So let's hear some of this tune. This is Blonde Furniture. burns, burns the ring of fire the ring of fire
Okay, we had to fade that out just a little bit, but I hope you enjoyed that. That was Ring of Fire, Blonde Furniture Music for Early Century Modern. And they're going to be at the studio, uh, which is uh, RDS 86? RD 86. RD 86, okay. And that's going to be Saturday uh, the 5th, 7 o'clock with the other bands that Bill mentioned. Now, also, the following weekend is the last weekend of the festival. You want to give a quick preview before we go? Yeah, so uh, the Hygienic Art Show ends a week from this Saturday, and uh, we're hopefully going to have a little party at the Grande, uh, large large art format, large format art across the street from the Guard Theater in downtown New London. It's 312 State Street. So all our large format art sculptures in uh, in a space there, former Hannafin's and uh, this wow. restaurant, and uh, we might have an thinking about having an acoustic music night there, so for that Saturday Great. night. Yeah. So I want to close with two websites. One is if you want to go to hygienic.org, you'll be able to find out all these events that Bill's talking about during the year. We'll look forward to having Bill again when he comes back uh, in terms of other events this spring or else the video when it's finished. And to learn more about Bill's work and all the media work that he does is BillDumas, D-U-M-A-S dot com. So, Bill, I want to thank you for being here, man. It's thank great to have you, so you back much, in the uh, studio. Great to be here. And we'll always. continue again, and we'll have some people come back again and continue our talk. Yes. Okay. Looking forward to it. So we're trying to get the word out about live music in Connecticut. And our time is gone right now. Thanks very much for staying with us. Thank you, Matt. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Take Matt. care.